0: Hello, hello, everyone. This is your host, Akil Jabbar, and welcome back to another episode of SaaS District. In today's episode, we'll be talking about integration, automation, and marketing insights from our, our, our leader over at Active Campaign. So today we have our guest, Shay Hao joining us. Shea is the CMO, Chief Marketing Officer at Active Campaign. If you guys don't know about Active Campaign, they are a cloud-based email and CRM automation platform. They have over 185,000 customers and have secured over $360 million in funding over three rounds. Uh, Shay is a product leader with a design and engineering background. And before working in the Active Campaign, he served as, as a VP of product at Belly and Yellow, overseeing product strategy and design. And he led a product teams at high-growth companies like Groupon, and advised many companies such as Techstar, Lightbank, and Proda Ventures. So welcome, Shay. Super excited to have you on the show today.
1: Yeah, likewise, Akhil. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it.
0: Yeah, so I would love to hear the story of uh, of Active Campaign. Actually, I haven't heard too much about you, but you know, um, you joined at some point. But I'd love to hear, you know, at what point did you guys? What did you join? Um, and what's been the financial growth story of of Active Campaign over that time? Where you guys secured the funding and uh, grown to where you are today?
1: Yeah, yeah, I joined. Uh, it'd be six years ago next month. Wow, uh, enough. Um, at a time, the company's roughly. That moment, I think about 100 employees, probably in the 25 to 30 million in revenue. Um, Mm -hmm. But to put that in perspective, uh, the the funding side of it, it's um, 2016, we raised our very first round of funding. Um, The company had been entirely bootstrapped up to that point. And uh, we raised 20 million from Silversmith Capital Partners. Um, Interesting in that we raised that doing roughly 20 million in annual recurring revenue. Uh, So, uh, Time you see people go raise 20 million when they're doing 2 million in revenue. Uh, we did it raising you know, at the same amount of what our revenue was. So a little bit different, but the idea of we're bringing in a strategic partner to help us. Um, fast forward to January of 2020, we raised 100 million. Um, that was roughly the same story, doing about 100 million in ARR. Uh, so again, just bringing in some more strategic partners. And then be the April of 2021, uh, we raised 240 million. Um, bringing in, again, a couple more strategic partners in that sense. Um, and yeah, as you, you said it in the intro, it's uh, an incredible business to the point where we have 185,000 paying customers. Uh, those customers are in 170 countries. So uh, we always like to say we have uh, customers in more countries than McDonald's has locations. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it's an incredible business growing and scaling uh, in that hyper-growth speed.
0: Love it. Well, we're going to talk about all about the growth stories, growth levers, channels you guys have worked with and how it worked because, you know, SaaS founders, we want, we want to know what the best of the best are doing. So excited to yeah. hear your, your stories. But what well, before we get into that, I'd love to hear a story. You guys did an acquisition of a company called Coastmark, uh, Postmark, sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, so growth through inorganic channels or, or inorganic growth is something that maybe is not as talked about as, uh with many companies but we'd love to hear you know what was the reasoning behind that and was that a strategic move was it a financial move and uh you know as many yeah, yeah. as much details as you can share you know within the nda yeah. bounds of what you have
1: <laughs> very happy to do so uh postmarket is uh, a company and a product line for us that's very near and dear to my heart uh i had the opportunity of actually leading that acquisition from the concept of idea to it into uh you know pitching, negotiating, diligence, and then even integrating. So uh even the postmark as a team uh, sat in my side of the org for you know their first 18 months at active campaign. Um so I go deep here. Um I think that idea of you know, as your company's scaling there's you reach certain thresholds uh to a point to where you have to start to think about how are we going to diversify our product lines and how will we start to think about how we're going to make you know acceleration of revenue. And you can do that through plan tiers or different different traders in pricing. Uh, But inevitably, you're gonna start to think about how do you become more of a multi-product business, right? Like at scale, how do you start to sell different things? Um, As well as add-ons or extensions of existing accounts. So um, we thought of Postmark in that scenario and it kind of happened organically, honestly. Um, Basically in 2021, if you went and talked to some of our sales team and asked them, hey, what's, what's one of the major reasons you lose a deal or an opportunity? They would say it's we don't have transactional email, right? We have marketing emails, we have great uh, automations. Folks want to bring their transactional emails into that same life cycle. Um, so for us to start out as a, hey, there's a there's a product gap here we should probably look at. Um, and as you normally do, it was a hey, do we build this? Do we buy this? Do we try and partner with someone to do this? Uh, and ran an exploration to actually go explore that. Um, I had previously used Postmark uh, at a different business and I just absolutely loved the product. Um, and it was. As it was the kind of only freestanding transactional email product that hadn't been acquired or basically uh, under the umbrella of a public company, Um, and was open to either hey, would we partner with them? Would could we acquire them? What would that look like? So just reached out to the team and started a conversation with them around hey, how how would this work? Um, And over the course of a couple months, uh, we all agreed hey, you know, acquisition is probably one of the better ways to go. Um, And in a sense, there's a gap on the active campaign side we wanted to address, but we were solving a lot on the postmark site too, where a lot of their customers were asking for, hey, how do we get uh, kind of a what you see is what you get editor for emails, right? All the emails they have, you had a design or a code by hand. Uh, you have to trigger the sending of them <clears throat> through an API. So hey, how do we get an editor in here? And then also, yeah, can we trigger these emails through an integration or through some event that happens in a different platform in a no-code type of solution? Uh mm-hmm. so there's there's a lot of harmony between the two businesses. So um yeah, we completed the acquisition last year, uh, integrated Postmark directly and natively into Active Campaign, right? So now in an automation, you can set that up to send a transactional email. Uh so not only can you use our editor and designer, you can trigger it through any of the other triggers for an automation. Um, and we've also been able to offer Postmark some things that they hadn't had in the past. Uh, they never had a sales team, right? So the ability to actually have a sales team step in and help sell that. And you know, you have 185,000 customers at Active Campaign to cross-sell into even, right? So a pretty good pool and base to play with. So, one where, yeah, the post market growth rate is accelerating. Um, it's been, uh, I'd say, good for all parties involved and just accelerating a bit of that growth. So,
0: nice. And yeah, that makes sense. I mean, using, were they, were they an integration of your platform before that, or this was later on? because no.
1: like, you thought, oh, interesting. Yeah, no, it we, Yeah, it was interesting. It's the that kind of conversation started. I say, could this be an integration? What would that look like? Um, and, you know, we have a lot of different ways you can build integrations into Active Campaign. And without you know, that's, Actually, that would be pretty easy and and well means to do. But there are some features and capabilities in ActiveCampaign that if it was more natively embedded, right, so not just Mm -hmm. like an integration onto the side of it, uh, but natively available in it, more could be possible. Um, So that's kind of where the the acquisition conversation took tone.
0: Uh, So you guys had like, you know, you guys raised over 100 plus million a couple of years ago. If you can share, are you able to share what the size of the valuation of transaction was?
1: Yeah, so So at that time, the, the (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, we we shared based on the valuation at that time. Uh, it was north of three billion dollars uh, on revenue that was surpassing one hundred sixty-five million. Um, okay, all that was back in twenty twenty-one. So uh, I can say it's a uh, it's grown and continued to grow significantly from that.
0: Okay, and and the the transaction with Postmark, what was the size of that? Or can you share that? That we've not shared. Yeah, yeah, you can't it. Okay, I figured, but thought I'd ask. Cool. Sorry. Uh, no, no worries. And then so when it comes to integrations, because that's an interesting piece I want to talk about. I mean, a lot of I've seen other companies, you know, Amazon, a lot of the bigger players, when they do acquisitions, they look at their integrations and then they use that as their guide. Right. So like, can we have this email marketing platform connected with us? It's driving a lot of traffic. It's it's making noise. right? They let the noise kind of decide decide that decision. Um, so I'm kind of curious, like what's your uh, I would like to understand, describe your internal approach to identifying like what integrations uh, work yeah. best like you listen to your customers and you're like hey this is what we need and then you see it you know really taking off and people really take you know using that that, that that integration
1: yeah There's kind of two ways to look at it and postmark was a beautiful in that it hit a lot of these numbers um one of the ways we looked at it you, you said it right it's like hey what are our customers saying what are they trying to connect with and so we just simply sit back and listen to what is the demand for integrations into the platform and we do this in I, I believe some creative ways, right? Where uh, when you sign up for a campaign, you're creating your trial, and it's going to ask you your name, you know, email address, business, etc. But one of the things we ask you is, oh, what, what tools do you use? Right? Like, what's in your tool set? And freeform, right? You can almost just type those out. Um, we look at that log and see what's registering there, right? Um, vice versa, we'll, we'll look at call recordings, right? So we use Gong to record a lot of our calls we have with customers. And we look for when the customer is speaking about an integration. We'll do some keyword searches against that to build out just a number of mentions and references. And then even in the like app marketplace, we have right where you can see the list of our integrations. You can search. We just look at the searches to say, hey, what is someone actually searching for that maybe we don't have or they can't seem to find? Um, so we'll listen just very directly from customers, and then we'll even take some of our customer data and enrich it. Right? We use a tool like built with to say, hey, what are the other tools they're using? Right to understand where they might want an integration. So what's just demand? And that's honestly that that conversation turns more into kind of a retention side of if you can get them to integrate their tools, they'll probably stay with you longer because they're starting to do more in the business across them. Mm-hmm. The other side we look at is probably more opportunistic. And that is this idea of hey, right before someone signs up for active campaign, what are they doing? What tool are they using? Where are they coming from? And for us, right, it's uh, marketing automation, email marketing. Generally speaking, before someone gets to us, they've built a website, right? So they're all right. I'm using uh, a Squarespace or a Wix or WordPress. So the idea of hey, if we built integrations into those. We can activate ourselves in their ecosystems to say, hey, you're, you're starting to capture some of your customers or you know opportunities. Just contact information. What are you going to do with it? Do you want to build some automation around that? maybe you want to talk to them? Um, so we look at website platforms, e-commerce platforms, the same line of that, right? Uh, people setting up for WooCommerce, Shopify, GoodCommerce, what have you, um, and then even alternative ways where maybe someone's using a spreadsheet, uh, right? And it's a you know a Google Sheets integration we should be looking at, or maybe they're doing something where they're running some ads in Facebook or Google, right? And or LinkedIn. We want to hey, what are you going to do with the contact information you get from that? So. Uh, finding ways to funnel them into active campaign and ways where we believe we could grow new business off of mm-hmm. an integration versus just the retention piece um mm-hmm. and it's a beautiful when you can get both of those to come together but we look at them both ways based off customer demand where we might see the retention side but as mm-hmm. well as what's upstream from us that we have opportunity to kind of go build new business off of
0: nice is that is that kind of the shift and move that you guys continue keep moving up upstream the focus
1: we're always playing with it honestly mm-hmm. um like there's there's just some baseline of integrations our customers are going to want and expect, mm-hmm. um, and the, the dynamic of depends on our size as compared to that company too, right? So uh, often we'll try and encourage that other company to build it and you know sweeten the pot best we can to incentivize them to do so. Yeah, there's some companies that just aren't going to do that, right? Like Google's yeah. probably not going to build that integration. So <laughs> Google Ads, Active Campaign, LinkedIn, probably not going to build that integration. So we're going to mm-hmm. go do it, um, but we're always. It's kind of playing with the edge of that, honestly. Um, and even where we do build it, we think deeply about how do we go build a relationship with that company, and try and give them creative, intuitive ways that they can even gain a little from active campaign. Right? Like mm-hmm. uh, that true partnership should go both directions and not be one sided. So mm-hmm. um, we're just trying to do our best to make a little noise uh, and you know become known within that ecosystem as well. Mm-hmm.
0: You know, one thing that you know, a lot of founders think about when they're trying to decide whether they're going, you know, SMB or trying to decide up market and have that balance, which it seems like you guys are still also working on, you know, that is going back to your pricing model and how you present that, um you know, the offering to to attract the right people. So, you know, people try, you know, the free trial, the freemium model, or demo, or you know, you know, those are probably the main ones. What criteria do you guys use, you know, to help, or maybe just share what would be helpful if you think if if SaaS founders thinking through this. Um, what, are the, what are some yeah. criteria they can use to determine the best option for pricing and, and how to set that up properly?
1: Yeah, I'll answer broadly and then can dial that into campaign and how we're doing it. But um, I, generally speaking, right, where think about complexity or cost. So if a product is complex and it's going to require a decent onboarding process, it, you're, you're probably going the route of a demo request come talk to us, right? Um, you, you want to be able to allow potential customers to experience the value of the product before they commit to that purchase, right? So you got to, you probably have to show them that. The product cost, it's, you can go the route of free trial or that demo request, but, um, you want to make sure you give them the confidence they need to make that purchasing decision. And if you can do that in a free trial, awesome, right? Like go for it. Uh, but if the value you believe is high enough that, um, you can use a, a human like relationship there in the demo request to actually convert that, I would, I would leave that. Um, I'd also just more broadly look at your target market, right? So you were mentioning some things on the SMB side where, you know if you think that target market is composed of individuals or businesses that have tight budgets, there might be that free trial to freemium model might be the best way to attract and convert them, right? Um, For us, it's always been a mix. Um, The college campaign can be decent and the size or ability to set up and integrate can be challenging. It just kind of depends on what you're after. we make it as intuitive, as self-service as possible. But the breadth of what you can do from the platform is so wide. Someone's sometimes just wants to have a conversation around you know, what all of that is. How can I set that up? Um, most folks though, by and large, sign up in a free trial, uh, poke around, see, hey, does this actually do what I want it to do? And is it going to work for me? And then they convert. Um, I'd say the majority of our customers we actually probably won't talk to unless they reach out uh, or you know are looking very specifically for our help. So. Um, we have tried the freemium side, uh, but we found the free trial to directly to paid works best. Um, shows a stronger propensity to actually pay us long term, and filters out some of the tire kickers from the free users that ultimately might not convert, uh, but could drive up some of the support costs.
0: Got it. So the, the product led growth wasn't the freemium. Um, you put you put a, you put a higher, kind of a higher filter on there to hopefully attract people who are going to take it seriously. And with that, did yeah. you find you were getting more? Like more customers up market, did that make a difference, or, or were you just like weeding out the, the the, were you just weeding out one, or was your volume of higher quality going up? I guess.
1: Yeah, it it's quality um, that that you're seeing through that, and that's mm. you know, we're we're in a you know kind of just a market where there are premium offerings too, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh You could go use different competitors of ours in very limited scenarios on a free side. Um, for us, that's... You go for it. Um, right? We think we have the, the better quality product and ultimately we can win out on that. Um, so we'll see a lot of folks actually start on a competitor and graduate off of it based off of a limited set of features or capabilities. Um, or quite mm-hmm. frankly, they might come the opposite direction where they're using something more upmarket, but the cost of value isn't matching. And the complexity to actually use and set that up is... Far to just out of reach or desire, um, they can come back to Active Campaign and find something that is, you know, easy to use but not overly simplistic in its features, um, mm. and still provides that right level of I can build the the automations I want here, um, and I can do it versus having a consultant do it or having to pay someone to do it, and then it's well within the affordable reach for my business.
0: Mm. That makes sense. Um... When, when it comes to the marketing levers, you know, so one thing, a lot of, you know, we can, we can talk kind of some, some details, but, you know, uh, many businesses are dependent on maybe one platform, one channel, um, or they think of, you know, more short term, um, investing in, in different assets that work on the short term. But how do you kind of view the importance of, uh, balancing or maybe investing in assets like, you know, email list or the podcast or more long term branding yeah. growth versus, you know, thought leadership, um, you know, yeah. versus the other ones? Yeah. You know?
1: Yeah. Most businesses I've seen, and honestly, even been involved in, there's usually one channel that kind of spikes and drives a lot of growth for you. And you should take that and ride that for all that it's worth. Um, But don't be so shy to just say, I'm only going to rely on that, right? Like you're going to need diversity in those channels. And I think building those out are super important. And the ones you mentioned, even more, right? An email list, a podcast. I put those under the umbrella category of what would be an own channel. Mm-hmm. right? And I think the idea of own channels are becoming much, much more important and prevalent today. In the sense that there's a lot of things happening around us through different channels or ecosystems. So uh, you just think of algorithms changing, right? Google is mm-hmm. switching from this idea of being the index where you can click to go find results to using different forms of AI to say, Ah, we think we could just give you the answer, right? Rather than linking you out somewhere. So. There's a I think it's an umbrella question under SEO right now as to what where that will go. LinkedIn's made some sweeping changes to their algorithms where I know a lot of folks were driving significant impressions every single week based off their posts, and now they're like it. I'm seeing a tenth of that. It's almost just vanished overnight, and that's a hard risk. Um, they even like you know go paid search. It's the cost of that it just continues to climb, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and competitors can jump in there, so. The idea of having an own channel where you control it, that email list, that podcast, incredibly valuable. I um, think mm-hmm. there's a number of benefits that come with it we could dig into, but I just think the idea of having more control over that is very important.
0: Yeah, people don't understand, right? Like, you know, big companies change one line of code and they can tank your business overnight. And that's happened to me several times. So Google ads, I've had businesses, you know, websites would depend on Google. Same thing, algorithm changed, boom, you wiped out. Amazon affiliate programs with, you know, when I have Amazon sites, uh, Facebook ads, like you mentioned their you know, their iPhone update, I think that was a huge one that wiped out a lot of, uh, mm-hmm. you know, her TikTok, uh, they're banning people for certain content. So then people are losing their business. So yeah, yeah. It's, it's tough, right? When you're so dependent on one platform, a big guys, they, you know, you're dependent, right? Yeah. Then,
1: yeah. yeah. Even the tides of platforms change too, right? Mm-hmm. Like the amount of people that were on Twitter that are now just migrating in different ways, like you have to follow your target audience, right? Mm-hmm. Uh and yeah. stay with them. So just yeah, staying tuned to where that's going is important. What what has worked
0: best for you guys? I guess what's what's been the biggest levers for 2023? And then where would you say you guys are mostly doubling down on on your marketing budget for
1: 2024? Yeah. I, this is uh <laughs> the hardest thing in marketing, I believe. Yeah, sure. Uh it's it's also what excites me in that. Uh, It's our job to continually play with what is that emerging channel or emerging scenario where we can go activate ourselves, market ourselves, and and get an adverse advantage as compared to the competition. So um, own channels is something we've been digging a lot deeper into. Uh, Areas where we can connect with our audience and build relationships with them. Um, We're thinking about how to do that in more valuable ways than just purely promotional. So how do we give them true thought leadership that is applicable, approachable, um, actually directive into their business. Um we played a lot around with different short form videos. Um mm-hmm. I think creative these days is incredibly important, right? Like that's how you're gonna capture some attention and pull some people in. So, so we played around with uh be it TikTok, YouTube Shorts, etc. And in that too, also working with uh influencers. Uh mm-hmm. so this idea of don't take our word for it. Like let's find authentic people That our customers have active campaign that would be willing to recommend us, refer us new business. Um, And can we incentivize them or give them some offers to pass around? Um, So we've been experimenting, playing around in some different areas there, if you will. Um, That landscape is always changing, though. So uh, uh, what I share, your mileage may vary, right? Like uh, I think you can see that change for different folks. And quite honestly, I expect it to change for us. I don't expect 2024 uh, to kind of be in that same conversation.
0: Makes it. I mean, so for your, uh, so this is a strategy, you know, you guys are 150, 60 million plus ARR. Um, you know, if, if, would that be the same? Let's say somebody listening in has a five, 10, we well, under $50 million ARR company. Would you still be investing in, in those same, same, same areas?
1: I would. Yeah. Honestly. Um, and, and I, I mentioned own channels in a way that as you think about just artificial intelligence and the way that that's going to, mm. I think. Own channel is going to be more important. And then, quite honestly, some of that also just dovetails more into brand awareness, brand recognition, or authority. And I think some of that's going to play into how those algorithms think and how they kind of prioritize you or put you into some of their own generative responses. So, um, owning some of that and digging deeper into the brand side, I don't think is a bad idea right now.
0: Mm. So speaking of speaking of AI, I guess how is the Active Act campaign thinking about using AI within its automation platform or is there specific processes that you guys are employing AI in your, in your teams?
1: Yeah. So I would say um a couple of thoughts. Uh AI is in the last last nine months just exploded through Chat GPT and some of the generative AI sides. Um I would say for us, our AI journey started years ago. Uh be it, you know, prior to last year, we had features um like predictive content where you could write four or five different versions of an email and we will help you decide which is the best one to send out, right? And personalize that per contact. So uh I myself might take the more passive versus formal voice. I want an email that's probably shorter, not longer, than someone who wants, you know, the details or you know, all the nitty-gritty. We've had predicted content in the system by which in an automation, we can automatically decide which message to send to different folks for you. Um We've also had win probability. So, this idea that in the CRM, based off events and actions someone's taking across, be it your website or if they're opening your emails or how they're engaging with you, uh, we can tell you the likelihood that they're going to convert into a customer. Then um, we've also had predictive sending, uh, which a lot of folks talk about this idea of kind of sending optimization and personalization. For us, we do it in an automation. So, it's not like you're sending this big old batch campaign out to 10,000 people and you want to send it at a given time that makes most sense for that person. We're doing an automation to say, Hey, Shay is most likely to open that email at this time based off of previous behavior. Or folks like Shay are generally on your website at this time, so we're going to send it a half hour before that. So we've had those capabilities in the platform for several years now, uh, with their own models behind them just getting more intelligent uh, as we groom through customers. On the newer end of that, using the generative AI side, Um, we've layered in content generation as you would, uh, and so many folks have. Um, I think what's slightly unique about ourselves is rather than just saying, you know, type what you want and hit insert, we've even put the chat interface into our UI to say, talk to it. You can tell it, Hey, change the tone of this, uh, or could you please simplify this? Or, uh, you know, don't use this word, use this instead. So Mm -hmm. you can actually change the content that you're inserting into the email just through chat. And then. We've I been mean, taking it a step further and are using automation in the sense of describe what you want in an automation, and we we'll use AI to build it. So you could say, "Hey, I'm trying to create an automation that invites someone to this event, uh, and if they register, I want them to go down one path, and I want to thank them for registering and then send them a reminder the day before the event. If they don't register, I want to send them an email, you know, once a week until the date of the event, and if they ever register, I want to switch them to the other path. Things like that, right?" Uh... And we can build that for you. Like the, the actual AI will go out and try and structure and build that for you. So um we're in the early innings of that and playing around with how do we get more automation actions into that AI canvas. Um, but that would be the sweet spot, right? That would fundamentally change a lot of what we're doing.
0: Absolutely. So, yeah, so I mean yeah, most people think about it for copy and which is what you guys have done. It seems like you guys have developed it to be more intuitive and helpful, yeah. but now you guys are not just taking the copy, but now thinking of Building entire workflows, if that's possible. is like, hey, build out a workflow for like an onboarding sequence uh for yeah. this type of user, including case studies, including, you know, uh promotional offers, uh win back campaigns. Yeah. You know, you put all those things in, boom, you have like 10 emails ready
1: and the workflow. Wow, that'd be that'd be yeah. pretty great. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh we we've got it working in so many ways, yeah. right? Like a yeah. uh, number of customers are using it, playing around with it, giving feedback. So uh only kind of a larger matter of time before that's more generally available. That's awesome. Is, is there
0: anything you're you're excited about before we move into kind of the rapid fire questions to to share with our audience in terms of product or what they can expect for going into next year?
1: Ooh, um, there's, I mean, there's a lot. Um, for us, it's uh, I just mentioned the breadth of the platform, and as wide as it is, um, that is intentional and very much by design, right? In the sense that um, we have not been tied to or pushed into one vertical. Uh, we've been decently agnostic across that. And while certain verticals have grown to be more significant over time, we're always applying the learnings across those into one another's, right? So I think the... You know you just think about AI and what you need from a large language model behind it. We have an incredibly diverse data set behind it, um, which I think makes it all that more powerful. So for us, it's thinking about that and how do we put that into more action across the platform in different ways um, and continually make a platform that is super powerful, But intuitive and approachable, and I I don't think that's going to change anytime soon. Interesting. That's
0: one thing I I just thought about as you were talking about sharing. What could be interesting for marketers is uh, some kind of conversion rate optimization with those campaigns, where you know the AI is you know continuously testing emails and then you know switching them out. uh, You know where you don't have to go in and you know test them every few months. It's continuously testing for like you know higher open rates and
1: higher click through rates, which would be. Yeah, we have a lot of that's built in, uh, mm-hmm. like the, those capabilities are already in the platform, not necessarily led or driven by AI. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you can already, you know, do split test on emails, even in automation flows. So not just a message you want to send, but fundamentally you want to create two different experiences, but A, B test across those and drive certain incentives or goals. Mm-hmm. You can already do that in the platform. And I think, yeah, you're probably onto something there of how do you bring AI into that? Right. And just yeah. let it start to play and change things. Maybe not all that dissimilar than, you know, Google ads might do where you give it a number of, here's headlines, here's, you know, some ad copy, you go to town and figure out what's the best combination or the way to structure those based off of what you're learning about those folks. Um, exactly. There's something there. That's cool. There's
0: something there. Yeah. I thought I'd share with you. If you guys don't build it, somebody listening in, build it and integrate with you guys and, and the rest of the platforms. <laughs> yes, I will, I will use it. I'm your first paying customer. So yeah. those are MVP. <laughs> I
1: love it. I love it. That's awesome. Oh, Thank yeah. you. Yeah. No worries.
0: Uh, cool, Shayla. i uh, love to shift gears and, and go um, ask you some of the rapid-fire personal questions. Are you ready for that?
1: Let's do it, yeah. Okay.
0: Uh, Shay, what's one activity you enjoy outside of work that gets you into flow state?
1: Yeah, woodworking. Uh woodworking. Flow, state, flow state being a key piece of that. To me, it's... I love to build things, be it products, businesses, teams. Um, and you know I come from a design background and origin, so... Uh, went deeper in engineering throughout my career, but woodworking is a side that you know uses the what the design engineering side, the right and left pieces. and then there's also just a, a craft to it that um it seems like it's perpetually a little harder for me, but not out of reach. So it keeps me right in that flow zone.
0: Mm. And then you kind of was like building and enhancing it and you know using your after you build it, you only know right yeah, 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 yeah. cool for sure. cool. love it. Shay, what's one piece of advice you wish you had known? And if you can go back, you would tell your, 25 year old self.
1: Yeah. Uh that I am going to contribute more to my own problems than I might ever realize. <laughs> and that I don't have to. Uh that there's um, you know, people are inherently they just we're human, right? So mm-hmm. um most of the problems we're gonna face are all they come from a difference in beliefs, and those differences in beliefs probably come from a difference in our experiences. Um, and rather than crash and have conflict over that, better off to just seek to understand one another and that mm-hmm. of what were your experiences that led you to that belief. Um, and that if I can fundamentally create the change I want to see by just changing the way I think and the way I see the world. And I can do that just by being more empathetic and spending more time with folks, uh, embracing some ambiguity in that and some discomfort. But um I think that you will live a much happier, longer life through that. Um, but just recognizing that right this idea that maybe i'm contributing to this problem more than i realize and it's, it's not so much wrong as what's wrong with the other person but you know, what am i missing what am i not seeing um and how do i go discover that with them
0: yeah that's that's asking for wisdom of the mind that you know if you get that at 25 year old that'd be Whoa. i wish everybody had that the world would be a different place yeah <laughs> It saved me some pain man yeah yeah, yeah, sure. yeah. you me and everybody else yeah Cool. Yeah. That's that's awesome. That's great. Um, what are some of the biggest challenges? I mean, everybody has challenges, even at your size, that you guys are currently faced to continue to grow active campaign and keep that level, um, of, of growth.
1: Yeah, I kind of said it earlier, right? It's just it, falling that that market yeah. of where can we continually grow the business, right? And uh, building diversity amongst the channels to do that. So, um, you know, organic for us is incredibly strong and, and grows well both from a Content marketing side, as well as just word of mouth from 185,000 customers, as well as a partner ecosystem of referrals and resellers. But what are we missing? Where where are things taking off in different areas through communities, or uh, you know, are there paid channels that are relatively new we could be tapping into? So um, it's it's always experimenting, always finding ways to build some incremental revenue and. That gets harder and more challenging the larger the business gets because for anything to have an impact, it has to come with a material scale to it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so how to do that is forever a challenge, but, uh, that is the motivating drive behind what we do too.
0: It's fun too, right? I guess you get to explore and, and, and keep testing and it's just, it's just like a constant expanding thing. And if you don't, if you can't, if you hit a wall, you just keep finding new ways, right? And that's the mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah, love it. Yeah. Um, Shay, what are, who, who are, what are some of the best three resources uh, that you can share? This can be books, mentors, or people you follow in the space that you say have been most instrumental to your success over these, you know, last six, seven years.
1: Yeah. Uh, I'm a, I read a lot. I'm a bit of a bookworm. So I'm going to go, I'm going to go books if that's all right.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah sure. You have like a hundred behind I was, you. So it just picked up. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's, you're missing the other bookcase on the other okay. side. Of that, um, and. I'm I'm so bad at this too. When someone asks, like, hey, do you have any book recommendations? My first question is, is like, what are you trying to learn? Is it about leadership? Is it about culture? Is it, you know, narrow that down. So mm-hmm. I'll I'll give you three and I'll, I'll give you the categories I think behind them. Um okay. on the leadership side for me, it's Five Dysfunctions of a Team uh, by Patrick Lencioni. Uh incredible book. It's kind of this fictitious story of an executive team that has an off site and just talks about the trouble they're having as a team. And it is, uh, it just rings true of so many teams I've seen, uh, and really walks through, you know, definitions of trust and how to build that and, you know, how to actually hold yourself accountable to some results. So an incredible book. Um, on the culture side for folks like building a business, uh, it's the founder's mentality, uh, by Chris Zuck and James Allen. Um, it, it really talks through, there are some things as you build a business that, you just have to embrace, uh, and and they're not easy. They're going to be difficult, um, and that's okay. It's as it's meant to be. Um, that is a book I, I share with a lot of folks at Active Campaign, just a sense of as you get into you know our organization, this should be a largely how you you know embrace this, like this idea of uh, things are going to be turbulent, and that's okay. Uh, you should take ownership of what you're doing and, and truly act as an owner in those actions. So um, the book just does an incredible job of kind of laying that out and really creating a framework around it. Um and then I'll go with um Never Split the Difference by Chris Boss. Mm-hmm. Uh Chris is a former uh like a hostage negotiator uh, for the FBI. And it's just an incredible book around just communication, negotiation, uh lays out some very practical takes on um, you know, how to. sway some conversations and even simple things of, say you're just doing cold email outreach, how to actually get someone to reply if you're not hearing back from them. Just a change in your language and how you could say something uh, can elicit certain behaviors or actions. Um, So uh, I've used a number of strategies from that book fairly well. Um, That's that's three, right?
0: That's three. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, all great books. I've only read the last one, but yeah, I'll... I'll definitely check out the first you mentioned. We'll we share those in the in the show notes as well. People want to check that out. So yeah, thank you. Do you read them? Let me know. I'd love to share some yeah. notes. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I'd love to. Cool. Shay, what does uh, what does success mean to you today? Whether that's personally, business, financial life, there's there's no right answer.
1: Yeah, my answer might it's going to sound simple, uh, but it, it's enjoyment. Just enjoying what I do. Um, I remember when my my father retired at his retirement party. Um he said he never worked a day in his life because he always enjoyed what he did. Um and it, it is sad with me in that there's so much truth to that. Um, and that doesn't mean that there aren't bad days. It doesn't mean that the work isn't hard or that it isn't challenging. Um in fact, those are the kind of days I love, right? Where um I am being challenged because in that scenario, I know that I'm growing, I'm learning. Um so long as I'm on the winning end of most of what we're doing or you know, the business is having success, that's that feels good. Um, and I mentioned in the, even in the woodworking answer, like to me, it's also being able to use the right and left sides of the brain there uh in an environment that stretches me a little bit. And usually speaking, that's been in growth companies, uh, mm. where you play a bit more of a journalist role, got to jump in, do a lot of different things. So um mm. to me, the enjoyment comes from that challenge. Um, but finding success with the team to do that.
0: But that also took a lot of time and, and wisdom, so experience, right? You find like what you don't enjoy, and then eventually you get to like, ah, oh, this is what I enjoy. Yeah. This is my sweet spot. Yeah. So that's great. You found it, so that's
1: awesome. Yeah, <laughs> I think that, that's safe to change too, right? Like, um, I'm not, I'm not a uh, as binary to say like this is, this is fixed forever too, right? Like uh, life can go through different cycles and things may evolve. But um, I think I'm always going to find some some meaning in enjoying what I do.
0: Yeah. If something else excites you more than what you're doing now, don't be afraid to take that step, right? It's okay. <laughs> yeah, maybe I'm a professional woodworker one day. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So we're all working towards. Yeah, and go back to playing yeah. with, with, with wood. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool. That'd be awesome. Yeah. That's cool. awesome. This has been great. I really, really enjoyed this. Um, where can you know, founders, marketers, anybody listening in, get in touch with you, learn more about you, or if there's anything you want to share with them before we wrap up this podcast?
1: Yeah. Uh, LinkedIn's probably the best way. So okay. um just search for Shay How on LinkedIn. Fortunate to have a pretty unique name. Uh reach out. I'm happy to have the conversation. Um shoot me shoot me a message, shoot me an invite. And then if anyone's curious to learn more about active campaign, they can check out active campaign at activecampaign.com.
0: Awesome. Thank you. We'll add all those links in the show notes so people can check them out. Make sure to say hi to Shay. And uh thank you really. Thank you so much. Shea, this has been this has been awesome. I appreciate it.
1: Yeah. Akil, thank you so much for having me. It's been fun. Yeah. Likewise. Cheers.
0: Thank you all for watching this episode and joining SAS District today. Don't forget to like, subscribe and hit the bell for future episodes where we interview top leaders in the SAS industry. If you're a SAS company looking to grow and unlock the true value of your business, get in touch with us at Horizon Capital and myself or one of our consultants will provide a free assessment to help you get there and hit your goals. If you have any feedback or suggestions for this podcast, please comment down below and help us improve our content for you all. Thanks again and see you on the next one.